The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by the return of the science wheel. That is Eric Velasquez. My <laughs> pronouns are also he, him. Uh, I was very excited <laughs> to see the science wheel. <laughs> the science wheel has returned. <laughs> and like just the science wheel, like that's pretty much the only thing that carries over from the <laughs> other Hammer movies in this one. But what is this one, Anthony? This is Horror of Frankenstein, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this is the Horror of Frankenstein, the like sort of anachronistic uh, Hammer Frankenstein movie that does not feature Peter Cushing. Uh, and that is, you know, kind of, sort of a remake of The Curse of Frankenstein. But right. <laughs> with a little bit of dry British humor spread on the top of it. Yeah, this is definitely a dark comedy. There's there's a lot of cheekiness and a lot of jokes that are sprinkled throughout this one. So it's it's firmly, the tongue is firmly set in the cheek. Oh, absolutely. And ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, All like, right, so, so yeah. straight out of the gate, you've got, like, the credit sequence. You just have this, like classical nude painting of a woman and someone is like meticulously drawing like dotted lines around parts of the body as if like you know planning to cut up a body (laughs) right so yeah and then like as the credits end you find out that you know sure enough this is the young baron frankenstein in school this is his version of like doodling instead of paying attention in class as he's like fantasizing about chopping up bodies Right, so there's no Paul Klempa in this one. There's no guy who looks anything like Peter Cushing. <laughs> this is Ralph Bates of the British TV series Dear John fame from 1986-87 that would go on to inspire the American Dear John series in 88 through 92 that starred Judd Hirsch. Okay. Who would be an Independence Day. So. Yeah, and he's definitely like, you know, we've had like Peter Cushing who's this very like you know, dour, kind of serious British gentleman. And mm-hmm. this guy is kind of like, he's more like the dandies that we have, we saw in the previous movie. He's he's younger, he's kind of rebellious, he's got like, you know, kind of floppy dark hair. He kind of looks like he could be in like My Chemical Romance or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> Especially when he's first introduced, right? Yeah. Cut. Uh, yeah, so, but, you know, of course, he's like slacking off at school, he gets into trouble, and the the confrontation he has with the teacher is like, really weird like the teachers you know it wants to like slap his you know or hit his knuckles i think he says like hold out his hands right and he's just like no i'm not gonna do that and the teacher's like what no that's what you have to do like you're a student i'm the teacher this is how things go and he's like oh no 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 see if i if i let you do that that would be me admitting that you're superior to me and uh i don't believe that's the case so that's that's pretty much what he says to him. Yeah, he's like just this entitled little shit who just right? like thinks he runs everything. And he kind of, I mean, he's the Baron, so he does, he does kind of run everything. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that that pretty much describes this Frankenstein, entitled little shit Frankenstein. <laughs> not, not the, oh, I'm just going to push everything to the limit little shit Frankenstein that we had. That was, you know, obviously smarter than everyone else from the uh, Curse of Frankenstein. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, like, then, you know, they, they get sent out, or, like, after class is over, like, the, you know, he's kind of bragging to all the other students. Well, yeah, uh, because he basically, he convinced the uh, the professor that he was about to have a heart attack. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's like, he's like, I notice your face is kind of flush, and, you know, are you feeling some tightness in the chest? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, you know, so the professor basically just lets everybody leave, because he's got to go to the hospital or the doctor or whatever, um, and, you know young Frankenstein is basically just like, yeah, you know, I just, I know he's a hypochondriac. I, like, I know how to <laughs> right. manipulate people. Like, this is, this is what I do. And 
it's it's easy with somebody like him. Oh, isn't it great to have a friend who's a sociopath? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, he talks about, like, that he's, you know, he wants to study anatomy. And, like, instantly both of the girls in the friend group are like, you can study my anatomy. And he Right, picked... Elizabeth and Maggie. <laughs> yeah. And so he picks one of them and they start to, like, walk off. And she's like, so should I take off my clothes right. now, Victor? And he's like, we'll Maggie, get to that Ma- in a little bit. <laughs> Maggie's ready. She's like, let's do this thing. <laughs> So then you, he goes home, and you find out that, you know, it, like father, like son. Um, yeah, his, that's common in this one. <laughs> yeah, so his uh, his father is, like, sleeping with the maid. Um, Who at this time is 16? Yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, and he's he's very... <laughs> you know, he's he's quite a bit older. Um, he's, he's also the son of a, a uh, middle to uh, upper teenage child. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he kind of sends her, you know, like... They like they've clearly just had sex and he's just done with her and he's like move you know go right. on get to your other work um, mm-hmm. and or like, Maggie or Elise yes that's what they call her Elise I'm sorry yeah and um so she comes out in the hallway and there's Victor and like he gropes her um, right like you know she's being treated like she's like property of the house basically right um, he just looks at her and is like like father like son <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's gross. And then yeah. he immediately like goes into the his dad's room and asks for money. Right, Dad, I would like an allowance. Uh, son, I've given you two plus years of allowance already. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Well, this isn't you know this is this is for college. This is serious stuff." And he's like, "You're not. You're gonna stay here and run the estate. You're not going to Vienna to gallivant off to college." Like, and then he says. The, the thing that he definitely shouldn't have said, which is, you'll see me in my grave before I send you off to college. Right. And, of course, this Victor Frankenstein is like, challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the next scene is you just see, like, Victor messing with a rifle. He's just kind of, like, tampering with it. He puts it on the shelf. You don't really know what happened or what he's done, but, like, We you all know, know, the, we yeah. know what's going to <laughs> So then the next scene after that is his father out hunting and the rifle explodes. Um, and so, you know, sure enough, Victor has seen his father in the grave and now mm-hmm. is off to college in Vienna. Yeah, because he just inherited all the money as opposed to uh, a little bit of allowance. Which the weird thing is, like, every version of Frankenstein that we've seen is, like, pretty driven to the point of, like, not paying attention to anything else around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this one, you know, like, yeah, he's worked, he's done all this stuff to get to Vienna, but we immediately cut to him in college, and he's, like, you know, grabbing the the thigh of a girl right. next to him in, in class, so he's not even paying attention in college. This um, is clearly the most sex-forward Frankenstein we've uh, we've been introduced to. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And we quickly find out that this girl is the daughter of the dean mm-hmm. and victor's friend is like you you need to cool it like you know the the dean yeah. is going to expel you you know he's not going to be okay with this at all but then instead we find out that she has now gotten pregnant and so the dean not only is i mean he's not happy about it but since it's happened you know now he's trying to arrange like a shotgun wedding so it goes from like the dean will expel you to like the dean will like insist that you marry his daughter Right, because you're a you're a freaking baron. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's cash in his pocket at that point, right? Yeah, I mean, if your daughter is gonna just get you know knocked up by some <laughs> punk, like at least it's a rich punk. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, which again uh, is just more of like the most of the women in this movie are treated like just dirt, like it's terrible. Yeah. Um, this is the this this is the grossest as as far as uh, misogyny is concerned. But I guess in the movie's defense, like, we're not supposed to like these guys. No. So so it's not that the, you know, the movie's not condoning their behavior. Right. Uh, but it definitely and, speaks to how terrible they are. And to a point, they're, they're, they are the source of comedy, not the women. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like all these, these guys maneuvering and doing all this stuff. That's what's supposed to be funny versus the way they treat the other people around them. And in fact, like, so while Victor is talking to the dean, he does offer to just give her an abortion instead. And he's like, right. oh, you, you could do it. You're a doctor, right? I mean, it's fine. And, you know, obviously the dean is not having that. So instead, uh, you know, Victor talks to his friend Wilhelm and is like, we could just, like, leave um, right. and just not come back. 
uh, and then we don't have to deal with the you know the dean or his daughter or anything any of that. Like we can just be free. We could outrun our the repercussions of our actions. Will. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Wilhelm's like, okay, sure, let's do it. So they head back to uh, Victor's home. Or actually, so to convince Wilhelm, like he shows him. Yeah, he shows him the severed arm. Yeah, and he so starts he- adding. So this is one of the best like sight gags in the movie, in my opinion. He's like, hey, you know, check out this thing I've been doing. And he, you know, runs the electricity through this severed arm. And it gives the middle finger and forefinger uh, sticking up. And he's like, I would like to send this to the dean as a goodbye present. And for any of you who are British, you know what that means. <laughs> the, it's the nice way of saying jog on. <laughs> So I loved every bit of that. I was like, okay, this is hilarious. Yeah. And like, they also like the way that that, that scene is shot too is really nice because like you get like middle shots where like you can see the arm, like, you know, severed and like on the table and everything. And then when the arm is moving, it's like a close up of an actual person's arm. So you get mm-hmm. like a lot of like dexterity that you wouldn't get from some sort of like puppeted arm or something. Um, and it, it cuts back and forth in a way that's pretty believable. Uh, you know, without having to do anything super complicated special effects wise. Definitely. Then they um, are headed into town and we stumble upon like a coach being robbed and Frankenstein and Wilhelm like see this happening. And Wilhelm's like, we got to, we got to help out. And Frankenstein's like, do we? Why? why? (laughs) (laughs) But Wilhelm's like, I, I, you know, I have to help. So he goes in um, and kind of like, you know, tries to intimidate the robbers and stuff. And it looks like it's not going to go so well for him. But then at the last minute, it turns out Victor is there. Uh, he's kind of hiding behind the coach with a gun. and Pistol at the ready, yeah. Yeah, so that, that kind of shuts things down. And the robbers are going to leave. Uh, but Frankenstein's like, well, you know, since <laughs> since we're doing all this. Right, and he, let's, he, here's a parting gift, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he kills one of the robbers. Then at that top point, discovers that of the people in the coach it's one of his old school friends elizabeth the other girl who did not you know take part in his anatomy lessons Mm -hmm. um and immediately we see that wilhelm like is smitten for elizabeth like he's he's like you know love at first sight as soon as they interact Um, and she's there with her dad uh her dad who is played by bernard archard for those of you who are kroll fans uh, he was Erig, the father of Lisa, or Lisa, in Kroll. Okay. I don't know. Weird, weird connect. There's a lot of weird connections in this one, <laughs> and we're gonna get there because I'm really excited when we get to the monster. I'm oh. super excited. <laughs> um, but Veronica Carlson, who plays Elizabeth, also uh, was the the landlady in Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. Yes. So so, so yeah, we see her one more time. Yeah, we, we had, like, the, the tie from the previous movie with uh, Dr. Hertz, and then now it's kind of carried on. They're just keeping, like, one cast member. Right. Uh, we we lost one. lost Cushing this time, but we, we've at least got her. Um, but so then, like, Frankenstein kind of sends everybody away, and, and, like, immediately, like, he's got plans for this corpse, you know? And mm-hmm. so he's sent everybody away so that he could kind of get up to what he needed to without any uh, prying eyes. Yeah, he pulls out a freaking buoy. Yeah. Bowie knife, it just goes to town. Yeah, so it, it cuts away before you see what happens. But, I mean, you know, you're watching a Frankenstein movie. You know what's going going mm-hmm. on there. Um, so then we get back to Castle Frankenstein, and Victor gets to see Elise again. And, you know, Elise is, like, so, like, the prototypical, like, hammer girl. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, she's wearing, like, the, the really, like, low-cut scoop neck top with, like, the corset and everything, like... Uh, you know, it's it's definitely and like while she's like meeting him again, she bows very deeply in a way that very like, deeply <laughs> it, it exhibits what's going on there with the, the top pretty, yeah. uh, uh, pretty well. And like, you know, Victor can't help but comment on it and says, you put on weight in a couple places. <laughs> right. She's like, hopefully it places you enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, when she is introduced to Wilhelm, she has to show him as well. Oh, yeah. You know, Go, goes gotta... in for another deep bow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Victor says something along the lines of, like, I trust all the furnishings are still in place in my father's room, including the bed warmer. <laughs> yep. um, and there's, you know, a, a definite wink there. And she kind of, like, blushes a little bit, but, like, agrees, you know, like, yeah. the, 
that that is the case. Um, she's a very complicated character. Like, she's actually probably the most interesting thing about this movie. Yeah. Just because, like, she, she... I mean, like, she's sort of being taken advantage of by, you know, Victor and his father. But, like, there's also a sense that, like, she knows what she has... What tools she has in this right. society and is, you know, making the best use of them that, that she can. Yeah. Uh, as it goes on, like, you know, she'll kind of reveal herself to be like, she's paying attention to what's going on and trying to, like, use her knowledge to her advantage. And there are points where she seems like she might actually enjoy her time with Victor. So, I mean, it's kind of like a femme fatale thing where, you know, like, she's using her sexuality as a weapon or as a tool, but I think she also enjoys it too. Right. She she loves her job. <laughs> yeah. To describe it. Yeah, you know, she she she's making the best of a bad situation, but also she likes what she does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then, you know, Victor and Wilhelm go up to his. So he's going to be sleeping in his father's old room and his old room is now going to be the lab. Um, and the, so they go into this room and there's like a couple hundred like stacked wooden crates. Like there's just so much stuff. Uh, that's all of his like medical equipment for their experiments. Oh, we're skipping the the part where uh, the, she cooks uh, Wilhelm and. Oh uh, yeah, that is dinner. before that. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, she you know cooks them dinner and they sit down to eat and everything, and like <laughs> <laughs> they complain so well. At least at least Frankenstein complains, right? Yeah, he's just like this is this is like he basically is like this food is trash. Like this is dog food. Like I don't. Um, and so when she comes or she comes in to like check on things and he's like, Oh, the food's fantastic, but I, I fear that you may have too much on your plate. So why don't you go ahead and hire a cook and right. you can do all the, everything else. And she knows what's up. She's like, my food sucks. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll look into hiring a cook. Gotcha. Yeah. And that will come back a little later in a pretty good, like callback. Mm -hmm. Um, but so then, yeah, they're like, we're going to head up and, and do some work in the lab. Uh, and, you know, there's kind of like a, a nod where Victor's like, you know, I'll be seeing you at bedtime, Elise. But, of course, there's so much to unpack and they're working really late. And Wilhelm is like, I've got to go to bed. It's like 3 a.m. I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. And Victor's like, oh, I didn't realize it was that late. Why didn't you say something? And he's like, I've been saying something for like well over an hour and you're just I not listening. five times, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> so they do finally go to bed and, you know, Victor goes down and Elise is, of course, asleep in his bed. Like, she obviously isn't just going to sit sit up right. waiting till 3 a.m. on him. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, he wakes her up uh, reasonably sweetly, I guess, in an expected manner. Yeah, and, and she doesn't seem, yeah, you know, she seems to be happy to be woken. Like, you know, She's like, like, finally. Yeah. Um, so they kind of have a, like, you know, a sweet moment that kind of cuts away quickly. Like, uh, you know, there's a lot of sexuality in this movie, but there's not a lot of like sex, you know, it's, right. uh, you know, that's that as, as is normal for the time. Like, we're, you know, we definitely know what's going on, but they're not going to put it all on the screen for you. Exactly. But they're definitely going to heavily allude to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then it, we cut to the next morning and they're still unpacking. Um, and Wilhelm unpacks this really bizarre thing that kind of looks like a really small, like, alcohol still or something. It's like a cylinder with, like, a lot of tubes coming out of it. And Wilhelm's like, what is this thing? And Victor's like, it's a blood purifier. Yeah, you know, blood purifier. <laughs> Purifies your blood. Yeah, he's like, it's basically like a kidney. Just, you know, yeah. if, if, you, if you don't have functioning kidneys, this will do the trick. And... Well, I was like, why do we need that? And he was like, <laughs> well, you know. well, we're going to need that. You just wait and see. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I got plans. <laughs> I don't know that they really ever call back to the blood purifier. I don't, I don't think they do. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. They make the, I mean, I'm sure, obviously, it's used for the, the creature, but it's just. Yeah, it's not like you ever purifier. see the creature hooked up to it or anything. Right, yeah. But but then they get a visit from an old friend. Yeah, so then we, we meet, uh, or re-meet Henry... Becker, who was another one of the school friends from the scene earlier, but he's now a police officer. Yeah, um, police lieutenant. Yeah, and, you know, Elise comes in and is like, I, you know, the lieutenant is here or whatever, and he's like, I don't know, and, you know, uh, he says he's your old friend, but he's not there just to visit an old friend. He's there on business to find out a little bit more about the run-in with the robbers, uh, or with the highwaymen is the term they use, because, you know, obviously Elizabeth has reported the, the whole you know, what happened. 
And when the police went out to the scene, they found the corpse, but it was headless. Right. The cause of death was supposed to be a gunshot, not a decapitation. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And Victor's like, maybe his partners came back to, like, you know, hide their identities so they cut off the head. Right. Versus stealing the whole body altogether, we're we're going to just cut off the head. Yeah. I mean, maybe it would. Maybe. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he's, you know, he denies all knowledge. Um, and then, like, so Henry's like, okay, fine. And then immediately cut to the, the robber's head in a jar. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, you know, I think Wilhelm's like, what? Why, why do you, why did you take this? And he he's like. using it, right? Yeah. And, you know, it, it's useful. You know, he was like, you know how it was when we were studying anatomy? Like, it was hard to get body parts to study and we need to study, right? Like, that's. Yeah, study. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we get um, another dinner scene, and but like this food's good. Yeah, this food's then, really good. <laughs> so Victor kind of flirts with uh, with Elise and like compliments the chef, and she's like, "Well, he was actually one, that's that's great that you said that because he was hoping to talk to you. He's another one of your old friends. Hey, it's your friend Stefan. He made <laughs> so, dinner." So, like, Victor coming to town just was like a high school reunion, basically. Everybody's got to show up at Castle Frankenstein. (laughs) I mean, they all really liked, they all really liked Victor when they were young. So it makes sense that they would just naturally gravitate back towards him, right? Yeah. And, like, Victor is, like, super nice to, to, to Stefan. He's like, you know, if there's anything you need, like, you know, hopefully you're being paid well. Like, um, you know, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. And, you know, Stefan's very grateful and, you know, glad to have the job. And, like, maybe, you know, I think Victor offers him, like, other job opportunities. Like, you know, you might be able to help on the grounds or something. Right. Um, he has other work for him. By the way, there were a couple sections where I thought Stefan and Victor were kind of flirting a little bit. Because I, uh, going back to the beginning, when we were getting ready to have our anatomy lesson with Maggie, Stefan mentions that he wishes that he could have play, take part in the anatomy lessons. Probably yeah, the- referencing Maggie but I did catch like it. There's like two or three mench- like little allusions to like somebody possibly being like attracted or like you know same sex attracted, mm-hmm. and it's not you know with a lot of this movie being comedy, it's not really like played for comedy in those moments, no. so it doesn't feel like homophobic or anything. Uh, and it's so quick that like you could just blink and you'll miss it basically. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, it's like Stefan, Stefan likes Frankenstein in that way, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, you can definitely read into that for sure. Yeah. Um, and like, in fact, like when Stefan leaves, Wilhelm's like, it feels like there are two versions of you, Victor. Like (laughs) there's this charming, like friendly, kind, giving Victor. Uh, and then there's another that is cold as the grave. And a sociopath that, uh, we don't know about (laughs) just yet. uh. (laughs) Pretty much from there, like it cuts to another like night scene in Victor's room. And Mm -hmm. Elise is in this like flowy kind of like almost translucent lingerie, uh, and, like, you know, the camera just kind of, like, lingers on her kind of, like, approaching him slowly. Uh, so you get a good good look at, at her outfit. Uh, but then as soon as she gets to him, he quickly starts to, like, remove it. And then, you know, cuts away again. So, I, again, you know, we know it's up. But, like, you know, they're not going to, like, put it all out there for you. Right. And, by the way, if, if I didn't mention this earlier, Alice is played by Kate O'Mara who also was in another uh, Hammer film known as The Vampire Lovers. Uh, mm. It's kind of a take on Carmilla, if you're familiar with that. Yeah. So, like I've said, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, and she definitely seems like somebody who would be in a Hammer Vampire movie because she's, I mean, she's just gorgeous. Like, And, you know, she just, she definitely fits in with what they were doing in a, a lot of the vampire movies. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So then, you know, when it cuts away from that, it's Victor and Wilhelm back to work. And now we get to see the return of, of our the favorite science wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited about that for no reason other than oh, yeah, it's I just the science wheel. <laughs> but this one has lights and dry ice. Yeah. Like yeah, so I mean this is the fancy science wheel. And so it's spinning and there's like, you know, like yeah, it, it's the electrical <laughs> thing or it's the thing that shows that electricity is happening, basically, I guess. But. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> So then we get Victor and Wilhelm going to visit uh, Elizabeth and her father. Oh, they, so they, they actually have a conversation that, like, it's time that we can do some tests. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and Wilhelm's like, on what? And he's like, well, you know, we got to start with like an animal or something to make sure everything works. Uh, and he's like, okay, I guess, you know, we'll look for an animal or something. And then... Elizabeth's <laughs> dad has Gustav the turtle! Yeah, of all things, you know, like usually you got like the cat or the, right, or the dog. dog or the rabbit or something, monkey Turtle. maybe. <laughs> but th- that's when like if you haven't been picking up that this movie is kind of a comedy, when it gets to we're going to kill and revive a turtle, that's when you know <laughs> right. this movie is is silly on purpose. Right, this isn't taking itself seriously at all. Yeah. And like, but they, so they have dinner with Elizabeth and her father and like, uh, you know, it's a nice little dinner or whatever, um, and you definitely get the sense that, like, Elizabeth would like to be with Victor, that yeah. she's, in fact, like, turned down several suitors. She's turned down Henry 15 times, was it? 17 <laughs> yeah. times? Something Some like that, yeah. number. And, like, so clearly she's, like, been saving herself for Victor, and so she's thrilled that he's back. But her father only has eyes for Gustav. Like, <laughs> her father yep. loves this turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have never seen a more pure love between man and turtle in my life. <laughs> and so as they're leaving, like Victor's like, oh, I forgot something in the other room. I'll be right back. And, you know, he comes back out and we don't see it. But like, obviously, he stole the turtle. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> he's like, I forgot my gloves. Oh, and what's this big bulk under your shirt? Oh, it's just uh, just ate a little bit too much. Right. It's yeah. not a turtle. <laughs> That's silly. <laughs> Yeah, so then they uh, they get back and they're just you know gonna do these experiments on the turtle and <laughs> they like so they kill him just to revive him. Yeah, yeah, they inject him with some uh, I'm assuming generic poison <laughs> TM. Yeah, and like you know Wilhelm's like, how do I inject a turtle? <laughs> and he's like, you just get it in there in between, like it'll be fine. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, here, put these electrodes on the turtle as well. And, then Wilhelm's like, well, where do I put him? His head's inside. And he's like, well, put it on the top front end and the back end. It's going to meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> the electricity's going to get there. Yeah. And so they do, they, they revive, oh, like at first, like they shock the turtle and nothing seems to happen. They've kind of like, okay, I guess back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then meanwhile, the turtle kind of wakes up, pops out of his shell and starts kind of moving. So they're very excited. This is, you know, a successful turtle experiment. Right. And they immediately decide, like, okay, w- we need to celebrate by just getting trashed. Well, well, also, showing that Gustav is a very good judge of character, they sh- he reveals himself to be alive by biting Frankenstein. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's just like, ah! <laughs> um, so, yeah, they get drunk and... and he, they like, pour one out for Gustav. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Victor's like, all right, it's now it's on to the next step. Um, and, and Wilhelm's like, so what's next? Like a, a dog? And he's like, yeah. nope. And he's, nope. A people, horse? People is next. <laughs> a, yeah. He says a people. He's a like people. A, a person. <laughs> right. Because it's like a dog, a horse, you know, gets progressively larger till a people. <laughs> um, so at this point, like, you know, you know, we're, we're going to be working on people. So what is, what does Frankenstein need? He needs his, uh, you know, his very own grave robber. So he hires this guy. I don't think he's ever named in the movie. He's just like the grave robber. Right. Yeah. Actually, there's the grave robber and the grave robber's wife. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, you know, I need fresh bodies. They can't be any older than three days. Uh, and he's like, oh, I can get them. You know, I, I can get super fresh bodies. That's no problem at all. Right. By the way, fucking like the top pardon my french if, if you need to cut that do it but the topical statement that this grave robber says you know people are living longer now because of the welfare state holy shit yeah. <laughs> man that hit that hit hard oh yeah <laughs> yeah we're not used to them being like overtly political but like yeah yep uh, uh and man, then the, the government taking care of you what no <laughs> It's so unexpected. Yeah. Uh, but this grave digger is going to get bodies so fresh that they'll pass muster from the government meat inspector. <laughs> yeah. if, if you desire, if you want to go the Sweeney Todd route, right? Yeah. Uh, and then because, you know, this is a relationship between a man and a woman in this movie, turns mm-hmm. out the grave robber kind of sucks too because he just like sits by the grave while he makes his wife dig them up. <laughs> Listen, I, th- I feel that this is consensual. I think she's the muscle in. <laughs> I mean, it seems to be. She's not complaining at all. Like, no. they just have, like, a nice little chat while she's just digging, and he's, like, you know, sitting on the edge of the, the grave. Um, 
Right. And, they're actually doing some family planning here. They're like, listen, Frankenstein's going to give us so much money, we can have a second kid. Yeah. <laughs> we can afford that. Yeah, so uh, she ends up hitting the coffin, you know, as as you do with those grave scenes. That's how you know you've dug deep enough. <laughs> Dunk. And um, then we see, like, them knock on Castle Frankenstein's door, and they've just got a, a couple body parts. So they didn't bring, like, the whole body. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just got some wrapped things. You can't tell what they are, but they're all kind of small, so it seems like arms and legs, maybe. And he says something about, you know, here's here's what I could get so far, but... There was an avalanche nearby, so like I'm gonna go look into that, and I think I can, uh, you know, this could be like a, a payload of like tons and tons of bodies. Right, and don't don't mind me if I'm gone for a couple of days. Don't worry about me because this Frankenstein is capable of worrying about other people. <laughs> right, uh, he's like I'm gonna go get those bodies for you, boss. Uh, and so meanwhile, they're starting to kind of or like Victor kind of shows Wilhelm what he's got in mind, mm-hmm. and Wilhelm is not happy about like you know a collection of body parts he's pretty disturbed but then instead of the avalanche thing it turns out that um the robber ends up finding out that there's a ferry that crashed and sank or something uh and he had heard rumors that bodies were like washing up on the shore so he's like well we can just park by the shore and just wait for the (laughs) wait for the money to roll in you know (laughs) so they they end up bringing like six whole bodies he shows up with the cart and like is like victor i need some help you know we're gonna this is uh gonna take a couple trips so so then it cuts to like a bunch of bodies underneath like one long tarp right basically on the floor of the lab (laughs) and then we kind of get like sort of uh an echo of like the opening credits thing like victor you know pulls back the the tarp and he gets like a paintbrush and is like painting like lines on the bodies and numbers like okay this will work for here i want this for part number two this will be part number four but of course elise is actually kind of spying on him she's she's like what is he doing and she catches him yeah and you see like this like just look of disgust on her face but she doesn't reveal that she sees like you know again like she's smart she's like this is useful info i'm gonna hang on to this for the moment Um, right you know i don't pin in that we'll we'll come back to this in a in a bit yeah, exactly. Like he, she clearly doesn't approve of what he's doing, but she doesn't say anything because this may be beneficial to her down the road. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Meanwhile, Wilhelm is like, "I'm leaving. Like I can't. I don't approve of this. Going back to school. Uh, you know, our school break is over. I, I can't have any part of this. And you need to stop. Um, right. If you don't stop, I'm gonna report you to the authorities. I love. I love this version of Victor, by the way, because yeah. he he's like. All right, you know what? You've got a very valid point. I understand what you're saying. Just we're going to tear this whole thing down. You know, I don't <laughs> know what I was thinking. Let's let's just go ahead and take everything down. You go ahead, go over to the turbines. Uh, make sure you put both hands on there really tight when you're taking it apart. Uh, then he runs over, flips the switch on Willem, and electrocutes his best friend. Yeah. And, like, you know, compare this to, like, Peter Cushing's Frankenstein, who, like, any time anybody, like, pushed back against him, he immediately just, like, dug his heels in and, like, made things worse for himself. You know, like, anytime anybody, like, talks bad about Frankenstein, like, and doesn't know who they're talking to, he has to defend, you know, he, he can't let anything go. But this one's, like, immediately, like, okay... Here's here's the play here, you know. <laughs> I gotta right. act act apologetic and mm-hmm. like here's here's how I'm gonna maneuver things. And yeah, not only does he like electrocute and kill his best friend, but like before the body is cold, he's painting lines on right. <laughs> on Wilhelm. He's like, Well, this part would work for this. You know, he's like he's ready to make use of him. Yep, uh, and then immediately you see the hand get dipped into the the fish tank. <laughs> yeah. Um and this that kind of seems strange to me. So he just had six bodies. Now he's just got a seventh full body. You would think that would be enough. Like, right. I mean, like for one, Wilhelm, like Wilhelm he's should fine. be pretty fine. Yeah, like yeah. you probably messed up his heart. <laughs> you right. might have fried some other stuff. But like generally, you could have used most of Wilhelm and like been pretty well on your way to having a full... Uh, full creature ready to go. Instead, he's he's still he's still working. Well, this Victor, he's he's a little sloppy. He creates a lot of waste. <laughs> yes. And of course, he disposes of the waste by just throwing it in a big tub of acid. Right. <laughs> and seen, it's it's seen. not just a tub of acid. Like That's true. it's 
it's this fantastic apparatus that's like this giant wooden box that's like you know almost the size of like a train car it's a, it's a little smaller but it's right. it's a large like it's taller than victor is it's this huge huge rectangle um and then above it is like the four foot swimming pool of acid yeah it's like this <laughs> series of like glass jar or glass like huge Jugs. beakers that are all kind of angled and like he can just pull a rope and they all dump acid in all at once. Right. That's the uh, quick, uh, quick disposal method. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a really cool thing that again, will come back later on, um, mm-hmm. to be an important part of the story. Um, so yeah, that's how he's getting rid of everything. So there's not like, you know, tons of just loose body parts everywhere. So we kind of get like a little bit of a montage scene where like he's working, he's like not, you know, he's working all hours. So Elise is like up late without him in bed. Um, he's skipping meals. Um, there's even a scene where like he's in bed with Elise and she's like trying to initiate like a sex scene. You know, she's like rubbing his back and stuff. Right. And then just she looks over and he's just asleep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's 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 working too much. Yeah. And he's uh, even he's even neglecting poor Stefan because Elise and Stefan are just sitting there at the table waiting <laughs> for him to come down to dinner at, during one of the scenes. Yeah. And he's just not there. And so then Elizabeth shows up. She kind of like, you know, just wants to visit. She asks about Wilhelm. He's just like, you know, I don't have time for you. Like, move. Or no, in fact, he doesn't even, uh, Elise just sends her away, right? He doesn't even ha- take the time to talk to her. It's also because Elise is obviously very jealous of Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I she mean, knows Elizabeth wants Victor. Um, right. So as the, the montage kind of completes, like you see, he's got this drawing of a body that he's like marking off. Like, okay, I got the arm, I got the heart, I got whatever. And we're down to all that's left is the brain. Yeah, We've the brain. Where we can get the brain, which is marked I've, as num- as part number twenty five on his list. Everything's numbered. Um, so we need we need part number twenty five, the brain. Let's have guests over for dinner. <laughs> Let's do that. And so he finally he invites Elizabeth and uh, you know Elizabeth's father. <laughs> right. This is get, another great gag. It's it's probably like I laughed out loud at this gag. Yeah. Like it cuts to like Victor looking over at at um, Elizabeth's father, He's and the number twenty five is just like written on his forehead. Yeah. Then then the audio kind of blanks out there. <laughs> because he's like, oh, I'm just, I'm gonna. This is the guy. This is the one yeah. I'm gonna use. It like it reminds me of like in like a, a Looney Tunes cartoon when somebody's right? starving and suddenly their friend turns into like a roast chicken, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we know what we know what Dad's fate's probably going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and so then, like as if as if it wasn't obvious enough, he's like, okay, let's let's get an after dinner drink. Yeah. Uh, and he's like pouring drinks for everybody, and he's like, "What kind of drink would you like? <laughs> do you, do you, would you like some wine?" Oh no, 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 no! Father says he's like, "No, that'll that'll mess with my gout because, of course, Victor probably already knows this. I'll have a cognac. <laughs> I'll have something that you'll have to go specially to get, and you could slip something into as Victor does." Yeah, uh, yeah, but but don't worry because men like you and me, Victor, we we have long lives ahead of us. Long, oh, yeah. Ev- forever like extremely long lives okay yeah <laughs> i don't plan on dying within the next two or three days that would be weird i've got at least another good 30 years of me right and if yep. you if you say you, ha- you have a long life ahead of you in a frankenstein <laughs> movie it's kind of like it's this version of like the the scream rules of like I've don't got say two i'll be days back to retirement <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, so of course, um, or on their way out of the door, like, um, Elizabeth basically just like proposes to him. Like she's very forward and just like, you know, you could use somebody around the house. And, uh, she kind of implies like, you know, you need somebody to help with like household chores and stuff. And, you know, Victor's like, well, I've got Elise. And she's like, yeah, yeah. but you know, Elise is just a housekeeper. You need more than that. You need somebody to take care of you. And, you know, as soon, you know, of course, Elise is doing that too, but, you know, Elizabeth doesn't know that. Yeah. Um, and so as soon as she leaves, like, Elise is sort of, like, mocking her, um, like, oh, you need somebody to take, you know. And Victor's, like, shuts her down a little bit, and she's like, you better take care of me because I know things. Um, right. You can't just fire me because uh, if you happen to, I might happen to find myself at the police department, and we'll see what happens, right? Yeah. So she tips her hand at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, which, of course, that it doesn't tend to work out. Um, immediately, it cuts to 
Elizabeth's father's funeral. Funeral, right? Um, so because like, he had indigestion, and uh, <laughs> you know, as they're as they're like walking out of the funeral, the uh, the grave robber is like standing there, and Victor's just kind of like nods to him, like, you know, good to see you. You know what to do, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. But I I love the fact that when Victor comes up to Elizabeth at the funeral, he's like, "Don't worry, you know, your father's work will live well beyond him." <laughs> <laughs> so, you yeah. know. Um and then we get like the next scene Elizabeth finds out that her father was like heavily in debt and basically like she can either pay off all of his debts right now or be kicked out of her home. Right. He owes, what, 12,000 marks? Yeah, and so, of course, she doesn't have it, you know, so um, she's ejected from her home and, you know, shows up at Victor's to, like, ask if she can, like, stay somewhere for the night. Like, she has nothing. Which, like, this, that kind of struck me as, like, you know, theoretically, like, Elizabeth's father seems to be one of the less terrible men in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. as far as how he's portrayed, you know, his behavior in scenes. But then, like, this, it's like, she has had so many, like, proposals and so many offers of marriage, and he knows he's heavily in debt. Like, right. all he needed to do was say, like, listen, I have not taken good care of my finances and you're going to be in rough shape if you don't do something. You know, you're like, going to need to accept one of these proposals. Yeah, which you know, unfortunately, we're in the society we're in, and like you as a woman don't really have any uh, opportunities to better your situation unless you marry into it, um, and because you're not going to get anything from me. Um, right. And yeah, like he, if he had been a caring, good father, like that was the least he could have done for her. Right, but what are the chances that these are just random people, or not random people, but people that maybe he didn't owe that much to, and they just showed up and were like, we're just going to take everything because, you know, we're those kind of guys, and we assume that because you're a woman, you're not going to fight us? Yeah, that that definitely I mean, could be the could case be, as well. It could be either one. But either way, she's, you know, out on the streets with nothing to her name. Right. Um, so she goes and, to Victor. She yeah. says, Victor's the guy who will take care of me. Because that's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> and despite the fact that, yeah, he is a completely uncaring person, he is like, okay, yeah, sure. She'll stay for a couple days and then she'll move on. It'll be fine. And Elise well, is Elise like... Well, Elise knows that's bullshit because she's yeah. like, nope, she's going to be here. She's going to be here a day, a week, a month, a year. Eventually, we're going to forget about it and she's going to be here 10 years and cramping my style, sir. So, uh you're going to need to send her packing, please. Yeah, she's like, it's once she, now that she's in here, she'll never leave. Yeah, why would, uh, yeah, why would she, right? <laughs> but then meanwhile, uh, the grave robber shows up. He's got the brain. Again, you know, like a, a bag with a jar in it. Um, and <laughs> he says a great line. He's like, uh, my wife is pregnant, actually, so this is working out that, you know, it's great that we're getting this payment. Because yeah. uh, there's nothing like creating a new life, I always say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Then, for whatever reason, like, all these previous instances, I guess Victor's kind of kept things hidden. You know, the grave robbers just kind of dropped off stuff and moved on. But this time, he sees what Victor's been up to and, like, is, you know, kind of in shock and right. drops the jar. Oh, he drops the jar and breaks it. And, of course, <laughs> a piece of a glass shard stuck in the brain. Again. You know, Again. A... <laughs> that old chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> then, like, uh, Victor's, you know, obviously, I don't know if this is that he's mad or that he doesn't want any loose ends, but he's like, hey, could you help me with something? Uh, yeah, go look I, I at feel th- I feel that this is because Victor's like, all right, this he's hit three strikes at this point, right? So he's broken, <laughs> broken the brain. Uh, he is a loose end. That was the first strike that automatically would have happened. And um, two, he is asking me for a little, little extra money, little yeah. extra money here. <laughs> so he's like, "Hey, take a look in this uh, this big crate thing I got over here in the corner. Right. I need I need help with something." And uh, you know, so as he goes to look in the acid vat, uh, Victor grabs his feet, flings him in, in, and pulls the rope. And you know, all the acid jars dump in. And the grave robber is gone. (laughs) Yeah, problem solved. But also, it's thunderstorm time. Yep, so you know what happens in a Frankenstein movie when there's a thunderstorm. It's (laughs) it's time. Um, Let's raise the antenna, attach the electrodes, and get this monster (laughs) ready to roll. Yeah, and so... It kind of works like the turtle thing again where like lightning strikes but like Victor thinks it didn't go well like he's you know some sparks fly and he's kind of like messing with the switches trying to figure out what happened trying to get things ready for another go 
And mm-hmm. meanwhile, uh, you know, across the room, the creature has woken up and like breaks free of the, you know, he's on the slab as he, you know, as he is. And he like breaks free of like the strap that's holding him down. Anthony, do you know who this monster is? Do no. you know who this monster is? This is the body of Darth Vader himself, David Prowse. Is I, I thought he, I knew he was in the next one. So this is him in this one, too. I believe so. Yeah, everything I was looking at told me that he's in this one. That is wild. Um, that's great that we do still even have another carryover then, like from this movie to the next. Yeah, so he breaks free and he's like this sort of muscle-bound creature, and like he, it kind of surprisingly has some appearances to the Universal Frankenstein. Like he's got a little right. bit of a flat top going on, not as defined as as Karloff but like there's something going on there like uh he's got all kinds of scars all over his head and and body and everything and like immediately like goes to strangle Frankenstein as we've seen happen in a couple of these movies he's immediately in like a murderous rage right but I do I do appreciate that um he just walks up to Frankenstein and effectively swipes left but really swipes right (laughs) if you get the tender (laughs) joke (laughs) <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, he just basically backhands him, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then he just uh, want he just he just the monster rage and runs off, ripping through the whole castle and ripping out the front door. Uh, he actually rips the knocker off the front door as yeah. he busts through it. Yeah, and so then Victor, like you know, comes to and like sees you know the disarray sees the front door broken down and is like oh no you know <laughs> definitely knows what's up so he goes to look for the miss the escaped creature uh now of course elise also hears the commotion so what's her first thought she immediately goes to check on in liz's room to see if frankenstein had made his way inside <laughs> yeah seeing that he hadn't she then immediately goes back to bed yeah <laughs> um so meanwhile the monster finds a woodcutter um, mm-hmm. and like you know immediately like starts a fight with this woodcutter gets gets the axe from him and then kills him with his own axe yeah it's not a good day for the woodcutter no <laughs> but but then immediately after it's like stefan comes wandering down the way he's basically seen what happened he's like there's a monster who killed a guy and for some reason stefan has like 10 loaves of bread in a basket yeah i mean don't get me wrong i figure maybe you have one or two for a couple days or maybe you bake it in house but anyway so the point is victor (laughs) rides past stefan and he's like stefan what are you doing here and uh at that point stefan is like there was a monster who killed this guy and like victor again is like so quick thinking he's like oh um well why don't you stay here i'll go get that story when the cops yeah (laughs) <laughs> Repeat that story exactly as you just said it to the cops whenever they get here, okay? Yeah. Okay. And Stefan is like, sure, sure, yeah, that's of course, that's what I'll do. So, you know, of course, the police don't believe that there's a monster on the loose. Yeah, because um, who doesn't whenever you do such a thing? <laughs> and meanwhile, like, Victor ends up finding the monster. He, like, knocks him out, gets back to the castle, chains him up, and sort of, like, taunts him while he's, like, in chains. Yeah. Because he, he's just, like, so just cruel to everything that he possibly can be cruel to. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not a nice guy. We've He's a sociopath. He would uh, He's the kind of guy who would pick the wings off of, like, butterflies <laughs> as a kid. You oh, know, for And dissect sure. animals yeah. and stick them into the tree. <laughs> and would kill his own father just yeah, to well, with a Yeah, with a gun to get some money. Uh, well, you know. Yeah. I think um, the analogy kind of fell apart, or the metaphor <laughs> fell apart there. Anyway... <laughs> Um, but so then, uh, the police show up and with Stefan and they're like, Stefan says that there's been a monster that killed this guy. Have you all seen anything? And you know, Elizabeth's like, no, I I haven't, but she hasn't. So of course she's going to say that. Meanwhile, you know, Victor who has, uh, is like, that's weird. No, of course there's no monsters or like, that's a crazy, like, why would you think there's monsters around here? Right. Also at this time, despite the fact that Henry is now engaged to Maggie from earlier, uh, he is very hurt that Elizabeth wants to stay at Castle Frankenstein over anywhere else. Oh, yeah. Though, yeah. <laughs> Let's just call um, that back. Yeah, of course. So um, obviously, like, the police are like, well, I guess we're going to keep Stefan then. It sounds like maybe he did it. Yeah. There's no monster. Stefan is clearly the monster. 
This guy who's making good food and bringing bread up from the town in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> um, but so even though Elizabeth has not seen a monster, she still believes that, that you know, Stefan is probably innocent and they need to mm-hmm. figure something out. You know, so she's like kind of determined, like, we, we've got to find a monster. We got to find some kind of clues or evidence. We got to clear Stefan's name. Because let's be honest, Stefan's a big, sweet marshmallow boy. Okay. I mean, that's just all it is to it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's probably the only like decent man in this movie. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Uh, And, you know, so meanwhile, we get uh, Victor, who is now training the monster like a dog using (laughs) meat. Sit, sit. (laughs) And I'll give you food if you sit. Yeah. And, you know, it works. And uh, (laughs) then we see another like dinner scene. Um, and of course, you know, Stefan's gone now. So, so it's the food back sucks to, again. <laughs> yeah. It's back to Elise cooking. And like, he's just like outright insulting Elise's food right to her face this time. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like, take this slop away. Like, we can't eat this trash. Right. And he's like, well, you know, Elizabeth, you know, I know you don't have any money or anywhere to live. Um, so maybe you should stick around as a housekeeper. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you saw her heart rise for a second, and then he said housekeeper, and she just went boom. Yeah. Just hit the ground. Because <laughs> yeah, that's all he thinks of her as, right? Yeah, and it's like he knows how she feels about him. It's so absolutely heartless. And, like, he could right away just be like, hey, I need a housekeeper. But, like, he specifically, like, dangles that in front of her to hurt her. Yeah. Um, but he also still knows that she, you know, desperately needs the work and needs the place to stay. So he knows he can do that and that she'll mm-hmm. still take it. Yeah, unfortunately. And it's at this time, the gravedigger's wife makes herself known at the entrance. So she's like, have you seen my husband? Uh, you know, and Victor's like, well, you know, he was here. Uh, he dropped off some stuff. I paid him and he went on his way. You know, that, yeah. uh, that's the last I've seen of him. And she's that's like, awesome. I-, I thought you were going to say that. And that's such a shame because, like, now I'm going to have to go to the police, which I, it's hard to say if she's threatening him or if she's not aware. Of, like, but either way, she's like, it's, it's unfortunate because, like, I got to go to the police because I need to find my husband. And, of course, I'm going to have to tell him what my husband's been up to so that they can, you know, follow the clues and find out where he is. So that right, might lead to back to trouble you. for you. Right, Victor? <laughs> so that's what leads me to believe that she she knew what she was saying. But he's like, he calls her bluff, and he's like, no, tell you what, you go to the police. You go to the police right this second, take the shortcut through the woods, make sure it's the specific shortcut through the woods to get to where you need to go real quick. Real and like quick. that that's what made me think maybe she wasn't aware, because it was like, right. <laughs> if you're going to blackmail somebody and they specifically try to designate a way to go somewhere, like maybe- Do not go don't. that way. <laughs> yeah. Go every other way, but that one way. <laughs> yeah. But so, of course, she does go that way, and, you know, Victor sends the sends the monster to kill her. So that murder scene is found, and the police, not only do they find the, the murdered woman, but they see a giant rectangle footprint. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so they're like, maybe there is a monster. Maybe something's going on. Right, this is a big footprint. It's heavy, <laughs> heavy foot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So um, they decide to postpone the execution of Stefan because something mm. clearly is going on. Yeah. Whether it's a monster or not, there's been another murder and, you know, Stefan's been in jail. So he definitely didn't have anything to do with this one. It's really close to Victor Frankenstein's house. So yeah. there's a lot. There's mm, two plus two starting equal four. Yeah. And like then, so, so uh, you know, Henry shows back up. He's going to tell Victor what's going on. And he kind of, like he doesn't really like do like the investigator thing. He's more of just like, hey, you know, just so you know, this happened. It was nearby, and Victor's just kind of like, oh, that's funny. You know, what what a coincidence. And right. Henry's like, listen, you know, like whether there's a monster or not, there's a murderer near your house. Like there's been two murders right outside your door. You should be worried about this. And the fact that you're not makes me worried. <laughs> Yeah, so Henry's pretty skeptical, but he, he leaves, and I think I think this is probably Victor's downfall. Like, if he had played this better, like, I think, you know, he could have directed things a different way, but uh, at this point, he's, uh, I guess, feeling a little too cocky and, you know, uh, kind of laughs this one off. Right, but it turns out Elise is uh, eavesdropping because her head pops out from behind <laughs> a uh, massive chair. Yeah, <laughs> so as soon as Henry leaves, she's like, 
so I could use some more money. And he's like, for what? I pay you fine for your housekeeping skills. Uh, do you think you deserve more money for your bedroom accomplishments? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Super shitty thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. But she's like, uh, no, no, no. To keep me shut up. That's what yeah. I need more money for. <laughs> um, and he's like, okay, may- maybe you're onto something here. Why don't, why don't I make you a full accomplice? I'll show you what, what I've been up to. Um, so why don't we take a look in the lab? Uh, also, our, just a note, if if you try to blackmail someone and they offer to make you a full accomplice, do not accept that. We've never <laughs> seen that turn out well in these movies. No. It's happened multiple <laughs> times. Uh, so he's like, here, let me show you into this room. And he like opens the door and there's the creature. And he there just kind of shoves her in and then shuts and locks the door behind her. Yep. And then we hear a loud scream and we knew, know what happens. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but I like the fact that once they hear the scream, he's talking to Elizabeth and he's like, so, uh, it turns out I need a new housekeeper. <laughs> Are you interested? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this one, like, he's really, really like just twist that knife where he's like, mm-hmm. again, I only want you as a housekeeper. I don't have any other use for you. Um, well, he does have another use for her, but still technically part of the housekeeper job description. Oh, yeah. In the Frankenstein household. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the monster escapes again, breaks down a door again. Right. Um, and But this time he goes to like a nearby cottage. It looks like it's probably like a, tra- a fur trapper or something. Like you see a lot of like animal hides on the wall. Yeah, definitely um, woodsman vibes. Yeah, but there's no woodsman there. There's just a little girl. Oh, uh, we know what happens with little girls and monster Frankensteins. Yeah, and there's something a little weird about this scene. Like, it cuts away. You don't see what happens. Uh, and then, like, you get the little girl talking to her father, and she says, he hurt me, that nasty monster. Right. Uh, and, like, I sort of, I, I feel like I kind of took the bait the same way that, like, the audiences did for the first Frankenstein when they didn't show what happened to the little girl. And right. I was like... Was she, like, assaulted? Like, in what way did he hurt her? Right. Did um, he push her around? Did he just throw her across the, the bedroom? What yeah. happened? Yeah. Um, but so then the woodsman or whatever, like, goes to Victor and is like, there's a monster nearby. He hurt my daughter. Victor's like, oh, okay. And he just, like, leaves. Right. And, He's and, just like, yeah, that's nice. All right. Where's the monster? Bye. <laughs> and the woodsman's like, yeah, we could have used a ride into town to report this. But okay, fine. Whatever. Right. Uh so while Victor's out looking for the monster, the monster ends up coming back into the house. Then Elizabeth hears the commotion, goes to look, and she is attacked by the monster. It's more like she's just snatched up by the monster. <laughs> yeah, and we get that great, you know, the great monster carrying the woman scene mm-hmm. that we see so often. And he's just kind of carrying an unconscious Elizabeth around. And Victor does end up showing back up. And, you know, Victor's like, you know, give her to me. Right. Uh, and at first the monster just kind of like, you know, he's nope. like, no, you know, I want her. I'm going to keep right. her. Um, and, you know, but eventually, you know, because he kind of has developed this like dog trainer kind of relationship, the creature kind of lets go and, and it's like, give it me down. the ball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, at this point, we kind of get like this sort of chaotic scene where like we can hear that the police are approaching. Now he's got a monster on the scene, you know, here in person. He needs to do what he can to... Yeah, he's got to hide this thing, right? Yeah, and so he, like, tries to, like, inject him with, a with a, like, a syringe, and, like, clearly the monster's afraid of needles, so right. he's not having it. Uh, he's like, oh, big man, are you? <laughs> and so, like, we get... it's kind of, Like, the tension here builds pretty well, because it's like, now the police are in the house. We don't mm-hmm. know if he's managed to hide the monster. We don't know what's going on. So the police arrive, they rush inside, and they're there with the you know, woodsman and his daughter. Right. And like, you know, Victor's like, I, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I heard, I heard about the, the monster attacking the girl, but I, there's no monster here. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, Liz is like, no, no, no. I was attacked by the monster as well. And he's like, no, you've been having nightmares. He gaslights <laughs> are pretty hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the, you know, Henry's like, all right, we're, we need to search the place. By the and way, I love the, the little girl because she's doing what all kids would actually do and just tinkering with all of his stuff. Oh, yeah. And Victor's the kind of guy who's like, don't touch my stuff. Yeah. Like, I think she does actually touch the blood purifier at one point. Uh. He's like, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Yeah. 
And, you know, so, of course, like, you know, Henry wants to search the place, and Victor's like, yeah, sure, you can search the place once you have a warrant. Right. Um, which, like, kids, if the police ever want to search your place, <laughs> ask for a warrant. For a warrant, yeah. <laughs> Whether you've done anything or not, Ask warrant. for a warrant. <laughs> yeah. um, but in this case, uh, it all is for naught, because as, you know, the little girl continues to poke around, yep. she pulls the rope on the acid, acid. dispenser thing. Right. <laughs> And if we as the audience had not figured out where the creature was hiding, mm-hmm. now we know. Because as soon as she like goes to pull the rope, Victor's like, no, 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 wait, don't, don't, and it's too late. <laughs> <Yeah>. and- <laughs> it's, it's like he just saw someone drop a plate. Yeah. You know, he's just so like, oh my gosh, you just destroyed all my work. Yeah. And so, of course, the movie ends with his like, I'm just so fed up with this crap. Look, <laughs> so there's no actual like... There's no actual punishment for Victor Frankenstein in this one. Yeah, because we know that, you know, Henry is going to go get the warrant, but when he comes back, there's, there's no, no monster. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, and in fact, as they're leaving, like the little, this is where like threw me off because like earlier she said like, he hurt me, the nasty monster. And then right. here she says like, it was quite a nice monster, really. Right. Uh, so it's, it, yeah, it's un- unclear what exactly happened, but hopefully, you know, she wasn't hurt too bad. Um and yeah. you know then like everybody leaves victor goes to look in the the acid bath even though he knows what's gonna what he's gonna see and sure enough one shoe and then a <laughs> second shoe, shoe pops up. float up to the top so all that's left is his shoes yep um and yeah like you said he's he's off the hook he's safe from the police because there's no evidence right um but unfortunately his life's work is gone gone in a bath of acid yeah. Yeah. And, oh. and so we've had the acid bath way of getting rid of the creature before, but in this case, it's definitely played for comedy and you know, yeah. it's it's that I mean like it is the driest of British humor, but it's it's you know, it's very very funny. Right. Q wah wah noise uh, <laughs> and da 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 at the very end. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so the, the ending, you know, a little abrupt, but not super abrupt mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I mean, we don't really need to see the police show back up. Like, right. we, we know what's happened. We know the situation for, for Victor. He's safe from the police, but, you know, has nothing to show for it. Right. Which I don't know if that's truly a punishment for Victor or if it's just a temporary setback. I mean, with a Peter Cushing Frankenstein, it, it's just a setback. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just temporary. For this yeah. guy, it might actually have ruined his life. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, since this is just like a little kind of weird one-off detour, we don't really know what happens next. I believe the whole the plan here was this was a remake of Curse of Frankenstein and was then going to be like a more comedic remake. I didn't really see much about why they didn't proceed with this. They just right. like, clearly we know the next movie, we return to Cushing as Victor. And then of course, you know, it's the final Hammer Frankenstein movie. So like, I guess they were just trying a few things and kind of getting to a point where they were sort of ready to wrap this series up right maybe at this point terrence fisher was a little tired he's like listen i've thrown i've thrown so much stuff against the wall we've tried continuity it kind of did all right for a while then we've tried comedy let's go for a real another horrific movie at us uh it's not super well it's super dark but it's not like (laughs) the worst the scariest thing ever but uh instead it'll be frankenstein and the monster from hell Yes, which is such a good title. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it might be my favorite of the of the Hammer titles. It, it's definitely not generic. Well, it's kind of generic, but it's not as generic as Curse of Frankenstein or Horror Frankenstein. Yeah, you know, the two standout titles are uh, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, and Frankenstein Created a Woman. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, thankfully we do get one last, you know, we get to kind of have like a, a farewell to Peter Cushing, mm-hmm. um, who, who comes back one last time as, as Victor. Um, so, yep. So next week we will be wrapping up our hammer series with, with, uh, Peter Cushing and Frankenstein and the monster from hell. But Hey, uh, you've sat through this episode of, uh, the Frankencast. So one thing you can do if you appreciate it if you had a little smile here or there uh definitely give us a like or give us a follow or subscribe also make sure you check us out on our social media at the frankencast at twitter and at instagram basically all of our socials are at the frankencast 
Uh, you can even send us an email at uh, thefrankencast at gmail.com. Yeah, like we've been engaging a little bit with, with some folks and it's been kind of fun. We definitely like to do more of that. And yeah, if, if you do like it, I, I know rating and reviewing, it's kind of a pain. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts and I have definitely started rating and reviewing more of them <laughs> since I started doing one of my own. I did do some, but like, yeah, it's definitely... Uh, if you like this and you want us to keep doing it and you want us to keep expanding, then like more listeners will find us if those rates and reviews are there. So it, it, it helps us, but I think in the long run, it helps you if you're enjoying what you're listening to. I have to agree with that. Well, as, uh, as we've come to the end of this uh, episode to be continued. Looks like you survived another episode. The Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaking Cast or send us a letter at thefreakingcast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for listening. <laughs>